This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. It's college bowl season, and obviously we got the big one that's happening right now. Future ACC matchup, Southern Methodist taking on Boston College right now. SMU taking on Boston College. That is a future ACC matchup. That's in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Right? And just the, the names of these bowl games. Anyway, I'm, I know that's the one we were all were anticipating when oh, we started always. the show today. I want to hear about the future ACC rivalry between the Mustangs and the Eagles. No, seriously. By the way, SMU leads that one 7-3 in a rain-soaked Fenway Park. Just like feel like rain everywhere right now. It does. Like it's, just it's, gray. it's December. Make it snow. I know. Make it snow. I'd rather have snow. Maybe snow would have been better at Bank of America Stadium yesterday for Carolina against West Virginia because Carolina looked awful yesterday in the Duke's Mayo Bowl against West Virginia. They lose this one 30 to 10. And let's be honest, like get we'll get into the game itself real fast. Everything about yesterday looked bad. Very first play of the game. West Virginia has the ball, 75-yard TD, gone. 7-0 right away, 11 seconds into the contest. Completely deflated. Done. Now, I understand. Carolina was out Drake May. They were without Cedric Gray, the linebacker, without Tez Walker, the wide receiver, uh, Elijah Huzzy at corner. I, I get it. But every team's dealing with transfer portal and NFL stuff. Now, some to more extent than others. I mean, gosh. Look ahead to the Orange Bowl on Saturday between Florida State and Georgia. There are like 40 guys not playing between the two teams because of either NFL or transfer. That's the Orange Bowl. So, I, mean, I get it. Every team is dealing with it in some way, shape, or form. But everything about yesterday looked bad for Carolina. 75 80% of the, the fans in attendance at Bank of America St- Stadium yesterday we're WVU fans. I'm like, last time I checked, uh, you're playing in your home state, UNC. Yeah, well, and that's a very Carolina Panther thing for the opposing fans Maybe. to kind of outweigh Maybe. the local team. Wow, that's sad. It it, it, it kind of blew my mind a little bit. I get it. It's kind of middle week. It's between holidays. It's a weird kickoff time at 530. I get that, but I, I expected a little bit more. By the way, Mac Brown was asked about that yesterday, and he kind of sidestepped the question. Now, in fact, uh, it was a, a great opportunity for us to uh, have the coach to quarterback communication and coach to linebacker safety communication. It's the first time we've ever done that. And, uh, and I thought it worked pretty well. I mean, there are a few times that Connor would say, say it again or, or something, but because uh, we hadn't done it before, but I, I thought it helped. I thought the, the fact that we use the uh, um, <clears throat> the uh, videos, the iPads on the sideline will be a great help in the future. We didn't get to practice that because we, we didn't have a setup for it at home or Providence Day um, in, in time. So I think all that would be a help. Um, the crowd is what it is. Give, give West Virginia credit for their crowd. I mean, they, um, they're talking bad about ours. I thought theirs was great. That, that was, uh, I was impressed. It is what it is regarding the crowd. It's completely sidestepping the question there. Now, the thing he was talking about with the communication, the headset, he was referring to Connor that he referred to as Connor Harrell, who started at quarterback yesterday for the Tar Heels. They actually were allowed to do what 
the NFL does in terms of actually having direct communication from the coach to the quarterback on the field regarding play calls so he can communicate to the to the guys on the field, hey, this is what we're running. And same thing defensively. So basically they're allowed to do that yesterday, uh, which I thought was kind of cool for a bowl game. That's a little, little side note there. But, again, the game itself, first play, 75-yard TD, you had three turnovers, Harold making his first start, through a touch uh, through an interception in the end zone. He made the right read. It was a tight end coming across the middle. He made the right read. I thought he just overthrew the ball and ended up getting picked off. Okay, guy making his first start. You can forgive some of that stuff, but he gave up a punt return for a touchdown to make it 14 to 3. You had another uh when you're returning a punt or fielding a punt. Ball's kicked short, hits off one of your guys' legs. You're just shooting yourself in the foot. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just everything went bad yesterday. And honestly, it felt like, for me watching, it felt like UNC didn't want to be there. Mac Brown was asked that. People who aren't involved with these kids every day don't feel this. This is the last time we'll see some of these kids. It's the last time this team will ever get together. So you have to be really careful. Some of those kids get in the car tonight and they drive home. Uh, so the, the message was that I asked you not to quit and to fight your guts out the whole game. I thought they did that. I didn't think anybody laid down and quit during this ball game. And that was really important. Uh, nobody thought we were going to win the game, except the ones on the team or me and our coaches. Uh, but we had a chance. And, and we didn't finish it like we should. I mean, saying the right things. But I'm going based off of what I saw, just my perception. Maybe I am wrong. But I've been, when I coach college across, I've been in those situations where sometimes I noticed some of my players were checked out. Late in the season, didn't have anything to play for, we weren't going to make a postseason bid or anything like that, and they were just like, I'm ready for this to be over with. I've been there. I've seen it. As a coach standing on the sideline with college players, I get it. I just, that's the vibe that I kind of got. By the way, what a terrible way to end the season for Carolina. Yeah. Awful. They lost five of their last seven games. Their only wins were a triple overtime game against Duke, who was playing with their third-string quarterback in Grayson Loftus, who was a true freshman. I think he was just making his second career start at the time. Yeah. Adam and I like to say he's from an accounting firm because his name is Grayson Loftus. Loftus. Yes. (laughs) And then So you beat Duke in triple overtime, and you beat Campbell, an FCS school. And even in that game, I was at that game. I was in attendance in the stands. They didn't even play great up for the first quarter and a half. Campbell stuck around with them. I was like, wait a second. What's happening here? It wasn't until late in the second quarter that they actually started to pull away. So that's how you finish your season, 8-5. You started off 6-0. and Mac Brown, he was asked, how do you characterize this season as a whole? Yeah, the the thing I just talked to Jones Angel. I talked to the team. You, you're nine and one last year. You didn't finish well. Part of it's schedule, but still, you got to be some good teams to win. And you're six and zero this year, and you didn't finish well. So we got to figure out why we're not finishing well. We're, we're so close. Uh, we don't want to hang around eight and nine. We, we said we, we needed to get there. Now we've gotten there, and we got to get over that hump to get to more. So. Uh, my job the, the next month or six months will be to figure out why are we doing so well early and not doing well late. And you, you can look at everything and everybody's got an opinion. I'm the one that has to make the decisions. Opinions are easy and unimportant. 
decisions are what's important and they have consequences and I'm the one that has to make those. So I've got to really figure out, and I, I can't figure it out right now, why we can't get over the hump at the end. And, and I've got to figure that out. And I'm, that's, I've been doing this a long time. So I'll, I'll look uh, hard. I'll sit down and talk to every coach. I'll ask them their opinions um, because they see it every day. I'll ask players their opinions. Uh, but we got to get it fixed. They do. They do need to get it fixed. They need to get it turned around right away because – it's the second straight season where they've had an end-of-the-year collapse. Like you said, they were 9-1 and one to start things last year. Fell apart. Okay, I understand you had a first-year starter at quarterback in Drake May, who was just a redshirt freshman at the time. All right, I get it. Some young guys. So we're trying to figure things out. I mean, Omari and Hampton was a true freshman at running back last season. Okay. Didn't have Tez Walker. Okay, you had Josh Downs, but didn't have a guy like Tez Walker. So, again, there are a lot of things for them to figure out this upcoming offseason. The next, like you said, the next six months, vital for Carolina. Yeah. Absolutely vital for Carolina. They need to figure it out. He's gonna, Obviously, he's going to sit down with his players, his coaches. They're going to try and figure this stuff out. But Carolina is too talented to be sputtering, losing five of the last seven games down the stretch. Yep. The hashtag Fire Mac Brown. That uh, was, those are already that was populating if, on X and a lot of places All that Fire Mac it. Brown stuff was going around. Yes. And you know what? If you're a Carolina fan, you have every right to be upset. Yeah, you can be frustrated with it. A hundred percent. Because you're like, wait a second. We had all this talent and we're just an eight-win team. Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete DeRuta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. You have a 401k, but you're changing jobs. You're taking that 401k with you. Next step. Well, a lot of people leave it behind, which is not a good thing. I mean, if you're not at the company anymore, your 401k shouldn't either. And that's when it's time for my 401k survival Oh, oh look box at that. Set. You see it right here. i got workbooks, <laughs> guidebooks, DVDs in here that explain everything about your 401k. More importantly, how to build a lifetime income. It's a $300 value. I'm also going to give you a total retirement plan, which is a $1,000 value for the next 18 of you who call right now. No cost or obligation. Call. 888-843-0013 or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. It's yeah. a waste. Just yeah. feels like a waste. It does. We'll dive more into this at, at 1 o'clock. But, yeah, you had a top three pick at quarterback in, in the NFL draft the last two years starting for you. You have other NFL talent around you. Yeah, you should have got more done. Simply should have gotten more done. All right, let's shift gears. Someone who played at Bank of America Stadium, Steve Smith. We're, we're going to dive more to this at 1230, but the NFL Hall of Fame finalists were announced yesterday. Steve Smith Sr., longtime Carolina Panther, finishes last three years up in Baltimore, which, by the way, Baltimore fans love Steve Smith as well. Not one of the finalists listed for the NFL Hall of Fame. <laughs> Yeah, I am not a fan of that. I I, I know you're not. <laughs> and again, we're going to dive more deep into this at 1230. I love me some Steve Smith. I get it. NC State fans may not love him as much as me. I understand. I get it. That's, but he walked it back. He did. He him did. and Dave are cool now. He so. and Dave are cool. But here's the thing. If you're a Steve Smith fan, you're still a Steve Smith yes. fan. Even if you're an NC State fan. If you're an NC State fan, you're going to love the fact that Tory Holt is a finalist. Exactly. If you're a Carolina fan, whether it's Panthers or UNC or both, you're going to love the fact that Julius Peppers is a finalist. His first year of eligibility. Totally which, by the way, Pep. I mean, I hope they already made his gold jacket for him. I like, know. That was just like, all right. Put him the, in now. The moment he retired, it was, what's your jacket size? Yeah. The moment he retired, that. what's your jacket size? We're going to need that. So, Torrey Holt, Reggie Wayne, uh, 
Julius Peppers, Antonio Gates, Devin Hester. There's some other guys like Patrick Willis, Jared Allen, Fred Taylor, Dwight Freeney, uh, hosts of some other guys. We'll, again, we'll dive more into this in about 20 minutes. I thought Steve Smith should have been a finalist. I know a lot of people are going to compare him to Andre Johnson, the longtime wide receiver for the Houston Texans. Similar numbers overall in their careers. Um, you can kind of say, like, all right, well, Steve Smith had Jake DeLome. This is not a knock on Jake DeLome. I love Jake. But Jake wasn't one of these – one of the awesome He wasn't Cam. Exactly. He wasn't Cam. Steve Smith didn't have Cam until year 10. Late in his season. Yeah. Year 10 in the NFL. Yeah. So, anyway, there's a lot of comparisons being made. We'll dive more into that here in about 15 minutes. But, speaking on the positive spot side – the Carolina Hurricanes got a massive win last night, 5-2 over the yeah, Nashville they Predators. Did. They needed it, especially after their game on Saturday last week against the New York Islanders, where they lost 5-4. Sebastian Ajo was awesome. Pyotr Kachekov, solid. Andrei Sveshnikov looked like the good Andrei Sveshnikov. The guys who needed to show up showed up. And this is what Rob Brinnawar has asked what he liked about his group's response last night. Well, I mean, I thought... You know, we scored, which was nice. Power play was good, obviously connecting. And then I thought, uh, you know, Cooch played really well. I mean, that's really the end of the day. That's the difference. Uh, he was solid. You know, he outplayed the other guy. And that's, if we can get that, and we have a chance. I don't know that we were necessarily great tonight, but, um, you know, we got ahead and kind of just was good enough. So he was really good, and the power play was good, and that was the difference. And Nashville's a good team, too, by the way. Nashville is, is kind of in Carolina's position. Some talent. They have a really good UC Soros, who only played two periods yesterday because he got benched after giving up five goals in the first 40 minutes. That guy's a Vesna finalist. I mean, they got some they got some dudes over there in Nashville. Yeah. And they're kind of in a similar position to Carolina, fighting and scratching the claw for playoff seeding and positioning and stuff like that. But Carolina yesterday, three of six on the power play, which is awesome. The very first goal of the game was on the power play. Sebastian Ajo, his 500th career point, which is the only the fourth guy, only the fourth guy in a cane sweater to reach 500 points, and he also got points 501, 502, and 503 yesterday because he had a goal and three assists. The Stars had to step up; they did. Again, goal three assists for Sebastian Ajo. Brent Burns a goal and an assist. Svech a goal and an assist. Jarvis, a goal and an assist. Mike Bunting, I thought, was effective on the power play. He had an assist as well. Kochekov, 35 saves, including 15 in the second period alone. Which is awesome. When, when Nashville was down 2-0 against Carolina going into the second, they had a strong push. Now, they did score twice, but Carolina scored three times themselves in the second period. And Kochekov, 15 saves in the second period. There were some stretches. I honestly thought that Nashville controlled a lot of the play especially early in the first period and even in the second period and then and on five-on-five five situations. But Carolina, I thought, locked it down to the third period. A lot of penalties in the first two periods of this one, a ton of penalties. I mean, the second period alone had five penalties, but one of those was a double minor against Nashville. Carolina scored on that. But there were a lot of penalties throughout this game. But the third period, the Carolina Hurricanes stayed out of the box, and they, they're back in action tonight. All right, Rob Brindamore. What's the mentality going forward? Well, listen, we we we, we know we gotta we put ourselves in a bit of a tough spot, so we gotta keep forging ahead, and, and it doesn't matter what the excuse is. The excuse jar is full, so we just gotta keep you know pushing forward and try to put our best foot forward and and get points. 
I love that. No more excuses. The excuse jar is, is full. Basically saying, don't matter how you do it, just get the damn job done. Yeah, do it. Just get the job done. That's it. Just go do it. Yep. I love that. Excuse jar, it's full. I know. It's such a dad mode thing. It really is. It feels like your dad being like, look. I mean. You haven't been making good grades. If you want this, fill in the blank phone. I didn't have a phone back then. But, yeah. you know, no more excuses. Exactly. No get more excuses. Done. Just get it done. No yeah. dessert for you. Yeah, no <laughs> Until dessert. you wow. score. <laughs> no dessert for you. And it's the holiday season. The desserts are on point this year. <laughs> Trust me, they are. I, I'm feeling it right now. But simple as that. Yeah, you got a win yesterday. How do you back it up? You want to talk about consistency with this team? You have to back it up tonight. They're at home against Montreal at PNC Arena. That's a 7 o'clock puck drop, by the way. So, yeah, you got to back up your good performance yesterday with another one today. Yeah, let's make a streak. Yes. (laughs) Let's go. Like, let's keep it moving. By the way, Auntie Ranta is going to be the one problem, most likely starting tonight. Canes didn't skate this morning because they had to travel back from Nashville Ansi Ranta, the guy that got put through waivers, cleared waivers, and was sent down to the American Hockey League, got sent to the minors at this stage in his career. Hey, go work on some stuff. Got a couple of starts there. They had to recall him. Guess what? He's probably going to start in net tonight. Can he pull a Brennan Armstrong like NC State? Like Brennan Armstrong got benched for MJ Morris, and then the whole MJ Morris I'm going to take my red shirt. Yeah. Brandon Armstrong came back and played like that dude. I'd love to see it. I think Canes fans would as well. Speaking of Brandon Armstrong at NC State, Pop Darts Bowl tonight down in Orlando. That's a yeah, 545 kickoff. Man, I um, can't wait to see what the mascot flavor is. <laughs> we'll get we'll get into that here in just a little bit. Yeah. But you want to talk about a contrast of seasons between NC State and North Carolina. NC State early on this season struggled. Struggle bust majorly. And they had to make a change at quarterback. Brennan Armstrong, the transfer that they brought in from Virginia at, at QB, things weren't quite panning out for him in the early part of the season. Now, the team as a whole, still trying to figure a lot of stuff out. Casey Concepcion took him a little bit to develop. Didn't take super long, but still, he's a true freshman. He wasn't, you know, popping off right from week one, but he had an awesome season nonetheless. So they had to make a change. They went to MJ Morris and said, hey, man, I know I know you're playing on red shirt in this season, but this team needs you right now. Morris comes in. They start three. He starts four games. They win three out of those four. And MJ Morris decides to, you know what? I'm going to keep my red shirt. I'm not going to play anymore. So now you go back to Brennan Armstrong. And that dude took it. He took it like a grown bleeping man, quoting one of his teammates. A grown bleep man. And he came in, and he helped lead that team. That offense looked better. The defense was strong. And it's amazing how they finished that season 9-3. and three. And on the high note in which they did, blowing out your rival at Carter-Finley Stadium 39-20 when they beat UNC right, right there Saturday after Thanksgiving. It's amazing how that season flipped and turned around for them. So I know Brendan Armstrong, for him, this is kind of why I made the, the comparison to Auntie Ranta. It's like, you know what? He got benched. It's like, okay, how much worse can it get? He gets put back in there. It's like, all right, they've already benched me once. What else do I have to lose now? There's nothing for me to lose. And that season turned around big time. Now, I understand 
with tonight, there's a lot of guys in the transfer portal for both teams in the Pop-Tarts Bowl and, and all that. I get it. They're playing Kansas State, by the way. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. But this feels like, like I mentioned earlier with UNC, how Carolina felt like they were just they were just ready for the season to be done. They were kind of checked out, they were kind of over it, it felt like, especially early. Like, they just went 75 yards in the very first play, and it's 7-0. Ugh. Long night. Long night ahead. It feels like NC State is all in on this one. Because you're looking at, after, again, the struggles of the early part of the season, to 10 wins. First year under Dave Dorn, or first, this would be the first time under Dave Dorn since he arrived at, in Raleigh that they would have a 10-win season. Like, there's a lot for them to play for. And they've got a ton of momentum. The way they finished out the season strong, the, the way they beat Clemson, the way they beat Carolina, to get to nine wins, and the things that Dave Dorn and, and his staff have been doing since that final game. Rallying the people to donate money to the collective to keep guys, you know, NIL money. The the way that they are able to go into the transfer portal, they got the number one tight end of the transfer portal from from UConn. They got a quarterback, Grayson McCall, coming from Coastal Carolina, and they're able to flip recruits, four star guys from UNC to NC State. They got I think four four star receivers slash running back guys coming into their in their recruiting class. Like yeah, all the momentum right now in the offseason is in, in NC State's favor. And a win tonight validates it even further. Oh, I so, would love for that exclamation point. For if you're a state fan, you absolutely love it. You absolutely love it because you can say, "Hey, you know what? You want to play the best football here in the state of North Carolina? You come to Raleigh." Yep. Cuz you can say, "Well, we just beat Carolina again." Like they had the the last two years, they had the high draft pick at quarterback, Drake May. We had Ben Finley, who was our fourth quarterback, win at at, at Keenan. Yeah. And then, and then this year they had Drake May again with a first round pick, if not an early second round pick, a wide receiver in Tez Walker. We beat them. Not only did we beat them, we beat them. Yeah, bad. Beat them. With our quarterback, who we benched. Yeah. <laughs> and we had two two running backs during the season say, hey, I'm going to the transfer portal. I'm not going to play the rest of the season. They just they have gone through so much adversity through yeah. their season and still come out winning. So I just, for them and their fans, I just really want them to be successful. And eat Pop-Tarts. And eat Pop-Tarts. And I want to see Dave... And whatever kind of bourbon with whatever kind yeah. of Pop-Tart. <laughs> that whatever kind of cigar, whatever kind of Pop-Tart yeah. he is. No, which, you got the cigar. Which, by the way, some, I I'll, I know I'm going to catch flack on this. By the way, if you want to send flack to me on X at the Fan Rookie, I don't like Pop-Tarts. <gasps> what? I never have liked Pop-Tarts. Okay, but you've had Pop-Tarts. I've had Pop-Tarts. I do not like well, Pop-Tarts. Have you had more than one flavor? Or did, did you just try one and you're I, like, nope? I tried a couple. I was like, nope. Did you taste Ever since them? I was a kid. Oh. 
don't see like sometimes them. you got to just you got to find your flavor sometimes you got to toast them adds a little pizzazz to it because yeah. i grew up just eating them straight out the pack nope <laughs> no pop tarts for me i'm not a pop tart fan sorry oh, it's just not my thing that's just even toaster strudels didn't like those either what? Nope. Okay, we're just going to have to I, shut the, the show down. This is. Well, all right. Well, we're going to take a break so va- so Victoria can chastise me. Oh, that's no. fine. That's fine. I stand firm on my feelings. Hey, that's okay. It's but My oof. truth. My oh, truth, Victoria. It's just so sad. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.